Howdy, y'all. Welcome to Components. I'm Ren, product marketer at Hereto and your podcast MC. I'm Patrick, CEO here at Hereto. And I'm Jared, lead solutions consultant. Thanks for joining us on our weekly conversation about componentized and structured content. Hope you enjoy this 15 or so minutes of fun talking about everything from data to innovations in AI. All right, let's get into it. Oh my God, are we recording already? Yeah. Oh, all right. Have fun, John. Multi-channel publishing, guys. We can we can publish to more than one channel. All right, that's it. Episode over. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening. But we can publish to more than one channel. You might want to do that. I don't know. Seriously, though, we've we've talked about omni-channel in more than one instance on this show, and mm-hmm. we should return to multi-channel because I feel like they incorrectly get lumped into the same category and we need to define them apart from each other so let's start with the twitter version of multi-channel publishing i am just going to read my tweet how does that work i mean that is a twitter version of a definition yeah that is a twitter version yeah fair enough semantics i guess so (laughs) i had forgotten we were doing this episode (laughs) i mean i forgot we were doing this episode yesterday and i had a tweet that i sent out about multi-channel publishing, which didn't get picked up that much, which I find disappointing. Um, but I will uh, I'll read it anyway. Buzzwords. Mm-hmm. Oh. You need them. Um, so um, I'm gonna. Uh, so th- th- I think that one of the most useful ways to think about multi-channel publishing is contrasting it to omni-channel publishing. Uh, and I think that like there is this constant mix-up between these two things, and people don't you know they think of them kind of as the same thing, but they're not. So here's my perspective on this. Omnichannel publishing or omnichannel content is really more about the content than the channels. And when you set up omnichannel, it's really more a strategy around content. So what you're doing is you're designing your content and your content infrastructure and your content ops in such a way that it can serve any channel in the foreseeable future, which involves all the other stuff that we talked about in season one which is like metadata and structure and predictability and governance, all that kind of stuff, right? Multi-channel publishing is a little different in that it's really more about the channels, right? And you can achieve multi-channel publishing with very little when it really comes right down to it. So if you're just publishing to uh, HTML and PDF, that is technically multi-channel publishing. And you might set up a content infrastructure that all it can do is those two things with no consideration for the future, but you've accomplished the immediate business goal of needing to publish those two different artifacts or those two different channels or whatever you want to call them. So multi-channel publishing is whenever your content is going to more than one channel. Um, But I think the interesting thing is when you start to talk about how that really impacts the strategy and implementation around it. You got a lot into that tweet. That's amazing. I know. It was a tweet. It was actually a thread. Oh, okay. Okay. So it was a two tweet thread. I expanded on it for, for, for components, but that's what we do here. Yeah, we expanded. Just a little, components. just a little. All right. I like, I like the, uh, the split between it being about content versus the channels itself. Um, I think that I would think the important difference too, is that uh, you hit this Patrick, but there is omni channel is wraps up a methodology with it. I mean, there's, there is a huge method that you're going to imply, uh, implore, p- employ, implore. You're not going to implore it. 
you're going to employ it. It's different. We implore you to employ this. This is the first, for first episode back. Welcome, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, omni-channel publishing is... It is. There's a methodology that's wrapped around it. Uh, multi-channel is, oh, like you said, it's it's. Can you push out to? Can you push the same set of content out to more than one output format? And the answer, in a lot of cases, is yes. But omni-channel is going to depend on the capability for multi-channel plus a whole lot more, plus a whole lot more. Yeah, and I think that the thing to say about about multi-channel publishing is that it's really a it's generally a an immediate term business uh, business objective driven thing. So when you're thinking about like okay, we need to go to multi-channel publishing, is I, I'd like to believe that most people who are listening to this have already have already done some aspect of a multi-channel publishing implementation. Um, but I think that you're permitted to really focus in just a way on like the immediate deliverables, like the things that you like you're that you are going after right now. Um, and I, I do think that that's fundamentally different, but I, I think it's also, you know, there's value there, right? Like you are still accomplishing something which is going to have business value. So I, th I think the, one of the interesting things to discuss when we were talking about multi-channel publishing is like, um, you know, if you are literally going from like desktop publishing, like single channel, like PDF style desktop publishing, and maybe that's being thrown up on the web, you know, where do you need to go if your immediate business objective is multi-channel? Um, because that might be different than an organization that has really big ambitions and, you know, they're on a, a long-term path towards an omni-channel future. Um, but even if you are, in, you, you do have slightly different ambitions or slightly different business goals there. Um, I think taking some of the same lessons and thinking about some of the same things along the way is important. So it's like, Multi-channel, I guess the beginning premise is it like trying to meet whoever's consuming your content where they're going to consume it. Well, so multi-channel publishing, it's it's something that's been around for a long time, right? It's not it's not sure, a new yeah. concept, and a lot of the the different formats that people use or tools that they use today, they were really designed to do that was like one of their primary purposes, right? So like originally, it, it the idea was the ability to just publish web help in PDF. I mean, if you go back to like, you know, the early frame maker days, those kinds of things, like that's kind of what it did. I mean, it did some other things. I remember seeing, this is a tangent. I remember seeing an advertisement on their site for it automatically renumbering lists when you like hold content in or like reassemble it or like change the table of contents. And um, this was not that long ago. Uh, maybe it was pretty long ago at this point in time. But it wasn't as long ago as you'd think it was. It was like, it was less than 10 years, let's say that. Um, and I just remember thinking that was such an odd thing to be advertising. But, you know, I think it is a statement as to, you know, the, the breadth of where people are in their journey towards, you know, a more modern publishing infrastructure. I see multi-channel publishing too as it's, it's a stepping stone if nothing else, to implementing some more omni-channel approach to all of the content that you have. I mean, it's you're going to have to be able to have multi-channel publishing if you're going to ever scale up to an omni-channel you know, methodology for your content and approach to your content and who's well, I'm gonna, consuming I'm, it. I wanna, I'm actually going to quibble. I'm going to quibble with that because I think quibble. that there's actually a, I think there's a, there's a better, there's a better way to define that. Um, so I think that 
multi-channel is a step along the journey. And I don't think it's like you have to do multi-channel to do omni-channel because like, I think the thing to take away from this, if nothing else, is that um, multi-channel can either be a dead end that you then throw out if you implement it wrong, um, or it can be um, a step along your journey to being, to have a true omni-channel infrastructure. So I'll give you an example. Um, if you go and you implement some proprietary tool and all it really supports is the exact channel or exact output that you need today, um, that can be a dead end because when, you're, when your requirements change down the line, it may be that you can't fulfill those requirements with that tool set. Uh, you know, these are things that we've seen in the past, like it's not as uncommon as you'd like to believe. But if your immediate business goal is to get to, you know, a set of different outputs, different channels, and instead you go with um, an open standard based implementation. So something like Dita or something like that, and it fulfills these goals in the short term, you can layer on more metadata, you can integrate other systems, you can bring in um, different experts to work with that content, which is not proprietary, it's presentation agnostic, it's semantic based in order to accomplish more channels in the future. And hopefully, you know, as you build out the, the content operations and semantic infrastructure around it, you can really kind of go anywhere you want with it. So I, I do think that there are kind of two different divergent paths there. And the, the first step in both can feel very similar, but in one case, it can be the last step. And that's a problem for some organizations. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think depending on the details of the implementation and how you start off on the omni cell process, omni, <laughs> the omni, the omni process, <laughs> sorry, the omni channel process, then you, then, um, yeah, you, that could be right. That could be the last step, um, uh, instead of the, it could be the last step before moving to something else. Yes. As we were, um, about to get on this call, I was like, considering multi-channel publishing and then I was just like looking at random devices around my house like the number of things that get content pushed to them be it like voice audio my phone my my airblade is Your that airblade so, what um, is an airblade is that one of those hand dryers like from the yeah, airport the, the dyson fan thing do you have yeah. one of those oh you've got one of those really fancy dyson things yeah air purifier man do you hear my oh, oh. right now? Um, I, th I thought but, you meant like a hand dryer in your bathroom because that would be cool too. That would be cool, but I, I certainly do not have that. <laughs> that would just be the most extra thing possible. You're such um, a barbarian. You use towels? Yeah, what? Hand towels? Who's heard of them? You can't push content to those. But there's like, there's an app on my phone to control that damn thing. And there's content that gets pushed right directly to it as well. So I'm thinking of like where that comes from and someone has to put that content together. And it makes me wonder about the future of multi-channel publishing and how people adapt to like, yeah, PDF is nice. Yeah, pushing to HTML is nice, your website or whatever. But what about down the road? Like when we're pushing content to your Bluetooth washing machine or your dishwasher or your smart home where do where do companies like plan for stuff like that is that is that locked into the 
like you were talking about data XML not being proprietary. Um, is that like part of being able to basically go to the future of where your content is going to go without um, being locked into anything in particular? It depends on your implementation. <laughs> Elaborate, please. <laughs> which, which I know is like maybe the world's most unsatisfactory answer. Um, but I think the thing that to say is, and this is I think the, the thing that I find to be really important about the distinction between the different formats is that even a bad data implementation is one that can be slowly upgraded over time to become a better, more omnichannel, um, more capable implementation. Like you're never going to be in a situation where you have to throw it out. And that's, I think that's significant. So like, while I'm, I think it's, it's misleading to say to somebody, oh yeah, you just need to go and implement data and then you're going to be ready to like, you know, push um, whatever you want to your washing machine. Um, I do think that if you implement data, you are even in, even in a, even in a not great way, you are closer to, um, having a foundation that will let you accomplish that goal in the future. So with that said, is this the direction that places are going? And now we're really getting more towards, you know, something which is, which is omni-channel because like, you know, once you kind of get past a couple of, of like channels that are very like screen based. So, you know, I mean, for all intents and purposes, like both a PDF and a help site are things that scroll and have text on them. Like, you know, at the end of the day, obviously one is far more functional and useful, but from like an actual, like, you know, text presentation perspective, they're not that different. Content rules, but it can be a lot sure you've noticed that a lot of these topics are connected, but our short podcast episodes barely scratch the surface. Have no fear, because in the description, we have links to videos, blog posts, and other information that help shine some light on some of the more intense, murky topics. In no time, you're going to have a little bit better idea about structured content and enterprise content strategy. Hope you enjoy.